Still got that derringer in your bustle. No, he took it. What about that knife in your garter? Took it. What about that? Took it all, Jonah. Well, searched you for darn good, didn't they? Wouldn't you? All right, look, here's what we're gonna do. You shout to the guard, get him over here, use your feminine wiles and whatnot. When he gets close, what the hell? Tallulah Black's mama didn't raise no fool. Tallulah? Lala's a nickname. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. In 2009 and 2010, Josh Brolin spent a lot of time on a horse. Sure did. He sure did. And uh, I think most people are going to remember the other movie with Josh Brolin on a horse more than this one. But uh, you know what? I got to say, coming in from watching Ghost Rider last week, which was a pretty painful experience, not a movie that I enjoyed very much at all, and knowing that Jonah Hex which we're talking about this week, was right, right around the corner, sharing the same, if not worse, reviews. And I would say even less notable of a place in the comic book movie canon. Yeah, you really, like, what's the opposite of hyped up? Yeah. I mean, like... Hyped down this movie. We've, like, watched a lot of shitty movies for the pod, and the reputation of those movies, like, really runs the gamut. Like, you have the ones that are, like, noteworthy for being bad. Like, you have your Howard the Ducks... And then you just have ones that, like, kind of have slipped through the cracks of time. And this is one of those. Like, you don't hear anybody talk about Jonah I had never heard of this movie. Yeah. Don't remember seeing ads for it. Don't remember anything about Don't remember it coming out. No, like, that's, and that's what I mean. Like, it's just completely not noteworthy. Despite having, like, one of the most, like, stacked casts, which I have a lot of questions about how much a lot of these individuals were paid to do this movie, but also a lot of cast members who are like, is very much like a sign of the times. What was Michael Fassbender doing? When did First Class come out? That was a year after this. That He was the most like jarring. Him and Will Arnett. Yes. Yeah. Will Arnett was impossible to take seriously. I was like, is this a joke? Like once I can not tell you like in Within, I'm saying recent years, but like, <laughs> I guess anytime since this movie came out, like where he's just done a serious role. Cause after watching, you know, that's not even to say like Arrested Development and all that, but like more recently, um, his improv show on Netflix, the name he of that, ha- I can't remember uh, the name right something now. Something Murder. But I, uh, oh yeah, uh, something, whatever. But like seeing him do that, like that's. I associate his face solely with... He has a sarcastic with, voice. Right. I, I can't... This was, like, so jarring. Um, Michael Fassbender, though, like, he has a shitty agent. He really does. Like, or he has bad taste. Either that... Yeah, I guess either. Because clearly he got lucky with X-Men. Yeah. But, like, everything that he has done, with, like, a few exceptions, like... When he was, like, in the Assassin's Creed movie, I'm like, what are you... I feel like every time I see him in something, I'm like, you're really talented. Like, you're doing a lot here. The Irish accent was interesting for this. Like, I didn't know the purpose. Unclear. Like, if you're going to do an accent, why wouldn't you do American? Well, I'm sure that for the the Jonah Hex heads, he was probably playing a character who was Irish, but, like, we spent so little time on him that it, it, it doesn't matter. 
Okay. But, yeah, no, I'm just like, saying. Like, he was her, good, but he was also, like, acting more than other people. Yeah. <laughs> Especially next to Josh Brolin, who I also think is a good actor, but his is just more subtle. Right, for sure. But, yeah, Michael Fassbender, dude, get a better agent. Pick better projects. Because this was, I mean, but, again, you know, maybe he signed up for this movie being like, oh, we've got Josh Brolin and John Malkovich. Like, how could it be bad? Like, of course, let me get in on this. Okay, so you said this about John Malkovich, which I know the name John Malkovich from the movie being John Malkovich. I don't think I even really knew that that was a real person. And I looked up his IMDb while we were watching, and I was like, "Why do? what is he known for? Like, what? why is he famous? I don't know why. Like, he's in a lot of stuff, but, like, nothing, like huge yeah i mean i don't know why john malkovich was like made about him you know i don't i don't know what the story behind that is um i don't know i i think that was probably like like why to you is it like a big deal that he's in this movie i don't know he's just like a notable actor and he had been like doing movies for like a very long time like his wikipedia is like he's done more than 70 movies and yeah, I mean, they're not all, they're not all winners. So I guess it's not like a huge deal. Um, but it, he kind of seemed like, but like, I have that thing about him too. I'm like, Oh, John Malkovich. But I'm like, why, why do I have a, yeah, why like, is he I, noteworthy? I don't know. I don't know. He just seems like a very like storied and kind of like elevated actor. But like, I just have that, like, he has that air about him. His accent was on another level. Yes, it was. America. <laughs> he was, <laughs> In America. Like, he was just saying it so weird. Like, not yeah. weird, but, like, he I mean, had no, such kind a of weird, kind of weird. distinct accent. But I think that's what I saw, too, is that he's, like, known for having, like, a distinct voice. Yeah, I think so. Like, I saw, there's, like, this bit of uh, him, like, doing, he's, like, in an interview with uh, Bill Hader or something, and he's, like, imitating his voice. He's, like, I'm John Malkovich, and I talk like this. And he's, like, I don't sound anything like that. Is he American? That. Yeah. But he has, like, this, yeah, he has this weird inflection. His paternal grandparents were Croatian immigrants, so maybe he got some of it from that. He was married to Glenn Headley for six years, but then he had an affair with With Michelle Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. I know, I saw that. I don't know who Glenn Headley is. Uh, She was, like, a a well-known actress. She was in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Okay. I did see that about (laughs) Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Well, so, again... You know, seeing the cast, because it pops up on on Plex when I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, we got some big names in here. Saw that it was an hour and 20 minutes long. Oh, well, also, so you were saying, like, it had bad reviews. I didn't think it was a bad movie. Is that what you were, like, gearing up to say? Well, I was gearing up to say... It was bad. Well, I don't, I don't think this is, like, badly. a great movie. I think it's... But, like, so I'm, I'm conflicted because, you know, like, I logged this movie in Letterboxd, and I think it has worse reviews on Letterboxd than Ghost Rider does. And for me, like, I enjoyed this movie a lot more than Ghost Rider. Maybe because it was shorter. Probably because it was shorter. Like, the story was, like, paper thin, but it was, like, told, it, like, it was paced well. It was super, it was super fast. It I didn't mean, feel like it needed to be more intricate. Like, it is feels like an adaptation of a comic. Yeah. Like, we took this story, we adapted it to, like, the letter, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I was just kind of shocked because, like, I'm not going to go 
like run around defending Jonah Hex as a movie because I do I don't think it's like like I don't think it's that great, but like I don't know uh, the mess and all the problems that I laid out with Ghost Rider like doesn't they don't really apply to this like I think this movie was like kind of dumb and like the CGI was horrible and it like moved along so quickly that it was like oh like we're already like we're not like doing any kind of depth with these characters. But, you know, it, that's fine. Sorry, and you're about to say something else, too, about the setup. Um, was I? Yeah, I interrupted you. Shit. Well, I guess I was just, like, we're, we I kind of, like, you know, went back and closed the loop on, like, how the character got into this position in the first place. But, like, it starts off so fast. Like, we're in the middle of it. It starts like, out oh. intensely. Like, okay, this guy's family is getting killed in front of him. It's just very jarring because they start with, like, this narration and, like, this soft music yeah and they're just like writing and then it's like boom we're starting like the cut to that i don't know if it's like supposed to be like that or if it's just like it's kind of like a badly edited movie everything kind of just like switches really abruptly and i'm like is this intentional i don't know yeah that's like the main sin of this movie is like it's the editing is absolute garbage and I, I think they, like, kind of... It, whatever uh, good elements of the movie that there are, they, like, suffer on account of the editing. And I do wonder, like, we already just said, like, the story is not particularly intricate, and maybe it doesn't need to be that intricate. But how much of this was, like, left on the cutting room floor? Like, I'm not convinced that there was never, like, a bit more that they had, like, considered doing and then had to... Yeah, like, they have this whole thing, like, where he's, like, obviously very connected to, like, the Native Americans. And then, like, in the last, like, few minutes, we we realize that his wife is, like, Native American. And I'm, like, that was, like, an interesting, like, not even a twist, but, like, I guess a reveal because, like, he's been healed by, like, the Native Americans. But there's no, like, interaction. There's no, like, lines shared between them. It's just them healing him. It's like, like, here we go again. All right. Like, cool. Been here, done that before. <laughs> yeah. Let me just cough up a crow. <laughs> as, as as one does. As one does. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's it's all over the place. I, that's like, And we have, like, early on, like, after we have this scene where his family gets killed and he's, like, on the brink of death and stuff and then he gets saved, we have, like, this comic book transition. And that doesn't happen again. Like, I was like, oh, like, are we going to, like, do, like, a stylized thing? to do like story jumps and time jumps. And then I'm like, no, we just do it one time, which is fine. But it's, it's a weird choice to never like revisit that. Also for like a good chunk of the beginning of the movie, I was like, I know this is labeled a superhero film, but I was like, is he a superhero or is he just a guy whose face is really messed up? Right. We don't get that. He can actually talk to dead people really underutilized skill. Yeah. We really only get it twice. Right. I I also think they probably didn't... Like, it's in the narration at the beginning, but I didn't know if that was, like, real. Yeah, I was like, is this literal or not? I'm wondering if, you know, this was a time when... This is 2010, so, like, DC is, you know, at a, still at a weird point in their movies. I mean, like, Green Lantern hasn't even come out yet. And part of me wonders, like, why they decided to go with this character, and, like, did they just, like... 
get assigned a character to do a movie. I about, think and it's then a like, cool uh, character to pick. The character is cool. But then they didn't do anything cool with That's it. what I was going to say. Like, they didn't know how to incorporate his powers and stuff into a movie and make it compelling. But he does have um, Gatling guns on his horse, so that's okay. Yeah, and, like, the whole point of the movie is they're, like, trying to get this, like, secret weapon. And I'm like, why did we have to do this plot? Like, I think it would have been a really good movie if he was going after this guy. But, like, the whole, like, it's a secret weapon and, like, it has these powers. I'm like, I liked it being set in, like, this time period Name any other Civil War era uh, movie other than, like, I feel like one of the Wolverines takes place then or something, but... Well, like, the beginning of X-Men Origins. With yeah, the- but mostly never. So, like, that's interesting. That's an interesting backdrop. And then it was like, oh, but we're going to have this, like, I guess, like, a supernatural element. I mean, him obviously being able to speak to ghosts is supernatural, but, like, let that be its own thing. Like, yeah. We don't need this orb. <laughs> yeah, I wish they hadn't <laughs> done that. They kind of looked like the Dragon Balls of Dragon Ball Z? anime fame. There's Dragon Ball, and then there's Dragon Ball Z, but both oh. of them have the Dragon Balls. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that... But I didn't hate it, the movie. No, I didn't hate it either, like... I was, I was in a state, you know, while watching this, which probably helped. Um, and I, yeah, I found myself like, I was just vibing and enjoying what, like it. like in Maryland or? <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. That was really funny. No, I was, like in Pen- vague, I was in like Pennsylvania. vague posting. I'm vague posting. And I was very, I was very stoned. And I do think that was like a good headspace to watch this movie in. Cause I was just like, whoa, man. He's got, like, Michael Fassbender's here. Um, I don't know who was playing uh, Ulysses S. Grant. I didn't recognize that actor. I kind of vaguely recognized him, but I didn't look him up. I was looking up other, other actors, because we also have um, John Gallagher yeah. Jr. Yep. And I was like, I recognize that guy, and you were like, I do not. Well, I was like, he looked familiar, but not enough for me to even, like, start making guesses. And then we also, because this is very funny to me that we just did Ghost Rider and I was talking about how it should be like a Western and now we're like all in and our buddy Blackheart is back. Wes Bentley, who played the villain in Ghost Rider, he's in this. Who was he? He was like um, a guy that was like kind of like working for John Malkovich. Oh, he's like a general? Yeah. And he like shoots him in the back of the head at some point. Very minor part. He's like a traitor. Yeah. You know, not as... Not as high profile as the Ghost Rider role, unfortunately. But three years between movies was not kind to Wes Bentley, I, I suppose. Uh, basically, my thoughts for the whole movie, I was like, how did they get these people to agree to do this movie? And then, like, I want to know all of their thoughts on it. Because I'm like, yes, like, cool, like, Civil War period piece. And then I'm like, I feel like <laughs> Josh Brolin would stand by this movie. You think? Yeah. Have to see what he says. I'm gonna reach out to him. I have some more like specific notes. Okay. Do you? I have some like later. Okay. Michael Fassbender, weird role. He's just like a masochist. Yep. With some weird face. And tattoos. also what accent? But <laughs> I figured it out later. <laughs> um, oh, he's a good sign. <laughs> it takes that long. 
I liked that they did this like illustration interlude. Yeah, after that's what I was. Beginning. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah, like I wish they had done more of that. Yeah, I don't know if it would make sense though. It's like just it's set up. Yeah, I guess. so. The only thing it would have made sense for is at the very end to do like an almost like an epilogue. Yeah. With it, I think, but. Um, Will Arnett being in this question mark? LOL. <laughs> LOL indeed. <laughs> LOL. LMAO even, as people say. My big question for this movie was just like, what kind of comic was this? That's a good question, actually. Like, when was it? Who was it for? Because my other questions are, what side of history is Joshi on? Because it's like... Not great. We're like, we're deep into Confederacy. Also, they have the only black character in the whole movie be like, yeah, but you're not like really that kind of white guy, are you? Like, you don't care about that. And it's like, okay. Yeah. It's There's an alarming amount of white people for the South during the Civil War. <laughs> like, not one other black character except for our boy Cedric. Yeah, Lance Reddick. I'm like, I can't believe this is the first thing I see him in after his untimely passing. Not John Wick 4, but Jonah Hex. Now I now we definitely got to go see John Wick in theaters to to make up for this. It's what he would have wanted. It's such a minor role. I'm like, how do you guys know each other? What? It, it, was, so, <laughs> I, it was so icky. I can't even talk about it. They, it's so funny that they had to address it because, like, as I could see it working, like, in a comic where they have, like, a lot more time to dwell on this, like, him, like, fighting for the Confederacy, but also, like, having, like, these conflicting views on it. I do think that's, like, cool. There's some stuff to do there. But, yeah, in this, they just have... But it's right there to be, like, no, but you're cool. Like, I know you're a Confederate, but, like... Now, I don't know when the comic was written, but it felt like, to me, the comic was written as it was, that he's a Confederate, and then in this 2010 movie, they were, like, maybe we should address this. And so they kind of shoehorned it in. I don't, I'm going to like look into the origin, but like, I don't, I don't think so. I like, I don't think that they would even care to do that in 2010. Or yeah. So I'll, I'll go through the Wikipedia. I mean, in Twilight, one of the uh, vampires was in the Confederacy. Jasper. Jasper. Come on, man. So. Do better, you know. Which I didn't, like, realize when I read the books. Like, they said he was in What the, a weird character touch. They, like, they, like, said it, but I think in my head I was just like, oh, well, he was obviously for the union. <laughs> of course. Didn't, no. Didn't, didn't take that knowledge in for a long time. I just thought it was so funny that, like, Jonah Hex just did, like, a both sides bit for the Civil War. He's like, as far as I'm concerned, there's they're both hypocrites. Right. I was like, come on, man. I'm a libertarian. <laughs> you, can't, you can't have this mindset about the fucking Civil War. I voted um, for Bernie and for Trump. <laughs> I'm an unpredictable voter. So, let's see. This is funny. The character first appeared in an in-house advertisement for a Western comic book series that used to be published by DC. So, he first showed up in 1971 and started like getting uh, starring roles in weird Western tales in 1972. So it was like very much like he, they weren't publishing like Jonah Hex comics. To right. Start. He was just a character. Yeah. It was like how like 
same way that like Batman started popping up and Spider-Man, they were like in like these kind of rotating weekly, like thematic stories. Um, and then they, they kind of, they brought his own series in starting in 1977. And I think since then it's been on and off in print, out of print. And when we were looking up the clip, I think you saw that I'm guessing it was the show, the CW show legends of tomorrow had him in it along with, you know, cause they have other versions of like Constantine and Lucifer. I and, didn't know that. Yeah, so Is he, that show supposed to be good? I've heard that it's like more enjoyable than some of the other ones because it doesn't take itself very seriously. And it starts to get like really silly as it goes on because they're just like traveling through time, like doing whatever. I think I saw there's like an episode where they have to like save Obama. Oh, I'm out. And there's like a young Obama, which I thought was really funny. Well, to me, it's just like (laughs) it takes like a lot of the audacity to do that. It was very funny because there's like a bit from The Flash where there have to be like, run, Barry, run. And I think in oh, the Barry? in the oh, flashback God. they say that they're like, Ron Barry. Oh no, <laughs> that's tough. That's a tough pill. I think it's very funny. Okay. So here's the comic book character background: Jonah Hex, born in 1838 in Missouri, regular victim of physical abuse by his alcoholic father. Of course, we didn't get into that. Uh, or sold, maybe they said a line about it. He was sold as a slave to the local Apache tribe by his dad. Bad look. Uh, and then interesting. They worked him constantly until he he saved their chieftain. And then he was like, "I was a, sold as a slave, so I'm pro Confederacy." I'm I'm gonna try to understand that better from what we got here. Okay. So he like saves the chieftain from a puma, and then they're like, "All right, you're cool." So they like kind of. So then he marries the chief's daughter. Unclear. <laughs> um. Let's see. So. He, like, kind of was, like, living, like, out of civilization for a long time. And then, yeah, so he, he goes back during the Civil War. Um, Jonah felt that the South was justified in seeking independence, so he joined the Confederacy. Uh, but as time went on, he found himself torn because he was, like, kind of believed in, like, Southern independence, but because he was a slave himself, he was like, I'm not fighting for that. So he he bailed out and surrendered to the Union after the Emancipation Proclamation. Um, so that's interesting. I don't, I, you know, I don't know if I buy it, Jonah. I think we right. all knew what uh, the South was fighting for independence for, <laughs> and it was so they could keep they doing were, slavery. It was one issue. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it is. I'm gonna say like that is a very uh, unique Faithful background, F- and oh. yeah, well, that too. Like I'm. They could have made it, like, you know, more palatable by having it just be like, oh, yeah, I was fighting for the Union. And if a better movie could have made more of a point out of this, if they had wanted to, which I just don't think this movie was interested in addressing that at all. But I think um, there's, like, potential there for, like, a really cool story to be told. Very, like, morally gray. Yeah, I think if they did it now and they actually, like... knew what they were doing with like Native Americans and stuff like that. And we're a little bit more conscious. Like, I think that him having like a turning point where he like abandons the like Confederate cause. Right. Like we didn't really get the whole story of like his betrayal or whatever. Yeah. And I think that's like really fascinating. So I think, uh, you know, I have a feeling that we're never going to get another Jonah Hex movie and that's probably okay. But because, for him yeah. to show up in something else, I don't know. Yeah. But I guess he's in a different time period than, like, everything else. 
Yeah, I guess like that's why Legends of Tomorrow could do it because right. of the time travel, but otherwise they'd have to like supplant him into something else. Doesn't make as much sense. But I could also see his superpowers meaning that he lives forever. Sure. <laughs> so why the hell not? My favorite line is dead like dirt, dead likes dirt, and dirt, dirt likes dead. That was like I'm like, all right. It's science. What happens if you like die in the water? What do you mean? You're not you're any dirt. Like it's like this whole thing is like dirt and dead people have like this. Yeah. I'm like, what if you uh There's dirt at the bottom. Yeah, I guess so. You're getting to that dirt either way. I know you already talked about the super weapon, but I thought it was really funny that they had it be invented by Eli Whitney. Yes. <laughs> they were like, we're also going to give you a little history lesson about who Eli Whitney is. It's like the cotton gin was not enough. <laughs> like, what are we doing? What does the, the Eli Whitney estate think about this? Um, I'm just kidding. I don't think there's an Eli Whitney estate. I'm sure there is. Someone claiming to be a far... <laughs> Far off descendant. I feel like they just made a less cool ghost whisperer. <laughs> I mean, basically. I also had a thought, like, a couple times, mostly towards the end of the movie, that um, every time a fight scene was happening, it was playing, like, the most generic music I've ever heard in my life. It always sounded like a Dodge Ram commercial. It was like, dun 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 dun, dun. <laughs> Like, who did the score for this? Like, it, I think it's all royalty-free stuff. It's like what we use for the intro for the podcast. Like, that's yeah. where we found it. Uh, there seems to be, like, a really robust afterlife that I'm interested in. Hellhounds? The hellhounds. Um, Jeb is like, you know, put off coming here because they're going to be after you. Like, Yeah, what's, what's going on in there? Yeah, he's just, like, with it, Jeb. I liked him. Would have liked a flashback with yeah. him. He doesn't look like the son of uh, John Malcolm. Not even close, but that's okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I was like, I really like that conversation between them. Yeah. And would have, yeah, I guess I was looking for more depth from the movie. I was enjoying when he was like trying to fight him whenever he touched him. Yeah. <laughs> Just so like, so inconvenienced by it. I'm like, yeah, dude, you're waking him up from eternal slumber. I also feel like this movie could be a National Treasure prequel. Like, whatever they do in this movie is what Nick Cage is going to look for in the next National Treasure. I could see it. I could see it. Now. Because National Treasure 2 does take place. Well, not doesn't take place, but it has to do with John Wilkes Booth. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should just watch that. Not, Not necessarily for the pod. Okay, this is funny. I, I thought it was interesting that, like, in the credits, the writers of this had, like, an, uh, so it was Neville Dean and Taylor. And I was like, oh, so we have, like, a writing duo. Because I feel like that's kind of, you know, it's a thing. It feels, like, a little sure. bit pretentious to me sometimes when it's, when it's like, abbreviated like that, whether it's directors or writers. Um, these guys have not done a movie since Ghost Rider 2, which they directed, Oh, yeah. Do you want to address that? Oh, yeah. So in all of my notes and all of our discussion last week for Ghost Rider, I never mentioned that there is a sequel that came out. I think the only returning character or actor is Nick Cage. I don't think anybody else came back. It came out for the best for four Eva. years after that Ghost Rider 2 came out the year before Avengers and a year after Jonah Hex. 
And also, these writers who... They didn't write Ghost Rider 2. They only directed it. And they didn't direct this. They only wrote it. However, they did write and direct both Crank movies, which, if you've ever wow. seen those, you know they're absolutely insane. They also wrote and directed Gamer with Gerard Butler. Have you ever seen Gamer? I feel like I've seen the trailer. He's in an online game being controlled. Why do I feel like that just came out? Isn't there a movie that's coming out out. now that's like that? No. I mean, this came out in 2009. What are you thinking of? I don't know. I feel like I just saw a trailer for something like that. Or I just saw a trailer for this, and I don't know why. (laughs) I don't think you just saw a trailer for Gamer. I don't know. Okay, we'll move on from that. Yeah, so anyway, we got some real real artists on the on the boards here. The tagline for this movie is also Revenge Gets Ugly, which is a choice. Poster is not great. It's Oh, for this movie. For this movie, not for the other one. This is really rocking the the blue and orange color palette on the poster, which is also this is around the time that everyone kind of wised up to that. <laughs> Every Every action movie, actually, just every movie period was using that color scheme. We haven't talked about Megan Fox at all. And earlier I mentioned, like, this cast was very much, like, well, not the cast necessarily, but the movie was just, like, very much of its time. And to me, the inclusion of Megan Fox in the cast tells you a lot about when a movie came out. Because I think there was only, I know she's still working, but there was, like, a brief period where, like, she was still, like, the really big deal. And I don't remember when the first Transformers came out, but I know this is a couple years later. So. Transformers 3 came out when I was getting my driver's license. So a little bit after this, I would guess. Um, that was the third one. Yeah. The first one was to come out in like 2007, I want to say. Yeah, so I feel yeah, like the yeah. third one came out in like 2011. Yeah, I think so. And then like, you know, this was right after she did uh, Jennifer's Body. Wow. Which I've always heard that was like And she was in Friends with Kids. Yes, I forgot she was in that. Also later in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies, which we could technically do for the pod. Not technically. Uh, I'm down for that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, my only thoughts on her character is like the only job a woman could possibly have in this time period is a whore. Yeah. It's a prostitute. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That was... Really, really <laughs> spat that one out. Um, I thought she was good. Yeah. But I was just, like, rolling my eyes at, like, of course, like, that is what she's doing in the right in the game. Because I was also, like, this feels like a chapter of Red Dead. Like, an, like a side story. Yeah. It's like, damn, it really went off the rails. Where's Arthur? Who's this guy? Why does he have a gun? What's with his face? What do you mean, why does he have a gun? They don't have guns? I meant the Gatling gun oh. in my head. Someone probably modded that into Red Dead already. Man, I, I mean, I don't have that many notes left. Uh, I did think that the, like, final battle, like, on this warship that's carrying the super weapon, it was, like, making my head hurt. Because we were, like, the the editing on it, I was, like... Do you think like, that had to do with your... Where, what state you were my in? My state? Honestly, no. Because the rest <laughs> of the movie was fine. I was just, like, oh, my God. Like, they can't... 
they couldn't hold on a fight scene for more yeah. than like well, two seconds. Well, that's because it was like so cheaply done. Yeah. Every they had like some bold choices with the CGI. Like when they first like launch one of the cannonballs when they're like testing the weapon on that town, they have it like roll towards the camera. I'm like, did this movie release in 3D? Also, you shouldn't have done that because that looked horrible. Like, don't let me like get that close to your shitty CG. Keep it away. Um, yeah, my last note was really just they underutilized the whole I see dead people thing. They absolutely did. Uh, they should have took some notes from The Sixth Sense, but that's okay. The, the fact that they <laughs> had this be like the canon origin of the 4th of July fireworks... Right. I, like, said that as a joke, and then they literally were like, happy 4th of July. It's so funny. And I think, as we noted, like, the Washington, D.C. was really close to the water. Like, every monument was just, like, it's right there. It's, like, in a way, it is. Like, it is, like, there is a lot of water around D.C., but I don't know. <laughs> it, felt, it felt a little tiny. Uh, also like, worth noting the that... the wharf, you know? Right. <laughs> the anthem. Uh, sheriff of the entire United States is what was the position proposed to Jonah And I said, so you mean the Attorney General? <laughs> I mean, like, literally, that's, like, what it is. Seriously. I, I just thought it was so goofy. Like, I thought it was... He had a little star made I know, I was like, what is... <laughs> Oh, what a shame. Yeah, Grant's role was interesting. Yeah. Like, okay. Thanks, like Mr. President. <laughs> the the choice to, like, have it be, like, set in some, some like, actual historical aspects. I'm like, what are we doing here? I mean, I, again, I kind of like that because it's, like, such an untapped era for specifically superhero stuff yes indeed but Honestly, then like the more we talk about lean this, in all the way right the more we talk about it it just like i'm getting more upset that it wasn't a better movie because like i mean <laughs> getting worked up very worked up now, if i had more energy i'd be even more worked up but i don't know like i remember um the writers or, or directors of the first captain america they were like we had to like fight pretty hard to allow them to like make a period movie. Like, like we wanted it to be set in world war two, but like they wanted us to do it in modern times. And we have enough of those. Right. And like, I know, I know there was a lot of people that aren't huge fans of the first captain America movie. They're, Who? they're wrong. Name one person. That is a beloved film. People like rate it like at the bottom of the trilogy. <sighs> and I've talked to at least like two people that are like, Oh, I didn't really like, I haven't seen it in a long time. Let's move on before I get worked up. Okay, well, that was... The first Captain America is so memorable and good, in my opinion, in that, in part, because it's a World War II movie. Like, it shines because it's different. Um, And there, like you said, are not a lot of superhero movies in the Old West. Uh, Just not a lot of the characters are from that era. So the fact that, like, someone managed to get a Jonah Hex movie made is pretty impressive, especially in that time. Like, it kind of feels like it should be coming out now, like, people are inundated, and they're, like, pulling out of the archives, like, oh, like, what's a unique character yeah. with, like, an interesting background? And if someone, like, capable had done it now, I think there's, like, a lot of really cool themes that could have been explored, like, all the Confederate Union stuff. You were saying this about Dare... Was it... Not Daredevil. Is it Daredevil? What? What were you going to say? 
Ghost Rider. Sorry. For you were saying this about Ghost Rider, about it wanting it to be rated R. Now, this movie being rated R would be great. Because yes. they could do, like, some really bad, like, bad as in, like, intense, like, shootouts and, like, yeah. you know, stuff Maybe like that. Maybe we will that. see what's going on in hell. Let us see some hellhounds. Right. I want to see what happened to that guy that had been, like, questioned that he was talking to, the first dead guy that he talked to, who the hellhounds were coming for. Like, let's cut back to hell and you yeah. know, see how that goes. Or like, even, like, We have could have him. gone... It would have been, like, really brutal in, like, a good way. Probably, like, how True Grit is. I've never seen it. But that movie seems brutal. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, like, the... Whatever they call them, uh, like, revisionist Western movies, Tombstone, Unforgiven, all that. Like, they are really brutal because, like, it's a, it's a bad time yeah. for everybody involved. <laughs> and this movie just, like, wanted to... Like, you're dealing with someone that can see dead people. Like, have more dead people like have more people die right right yeah i it's just it's too bad it's too bad because i don't think that i I mean i said before i was like there's probably a lot of stuff left on the cutting room floor that's probably okay because i don't think they were gonna (laughs) this adding more runtime to this movie whatever they else they had shot it's not gonna i'm not gonna get what i wanted out of it like i feel like there could be a really dark storyline where he goes to like like visit his wife and brings her back and like talks to her and sees her and then like has to make her dead again like yeah there is a lot there yeah so much potential so much potential and they just made a pretty pretty by the numbers not terrible but like very generic and i think that's that's why it's like forgotten about besides people being like oh yeah that movie kind of sucked like they, they should have you know shot for something more unique and even if it failed it probably would have found more of like a foothold yeah, I would like to see a true grittier hey. version. <laughs> Good one. And I'm I was like I was liking Josh Brolin. Yeah, I always like Josh Brolin, and Same. this does make me want to watch True Grit. I haven't seen the movie in a very long time, so maybe we'll have to check it out soon. We'll Can't see. do it on the pod, but you know we do have Josh Brolin and Haley we Steinfeld. We do have the Ninja Turtles. Also that. <laughs> and more Megan Fox. Yep. Um, yeah, so a different movie. That's for sure. Not, like, not worth watching. Yeah, if you're really bored, you want to watch, like, a weird, like, steampunky western superhero thing, kill kill a bit of your time, check it out. I There have been much worse movies that we have watched. Again, like, I liked this more than Ghost Rider. And I was, like, when we had these on the calendar, like I knew that neither of those movies were particularly well received. And I definitely thought I would be like coming out of Ghost Rider, giving it more of a, uh, you know, higher ranking just because of Nick Cage. But that's not what I got out of it at all. And now I do think Nick Cage would have fit into this movie very well. Uh, especially here, they just let him go a little crazy whenever he's talking to the dead people. That would have been fun. But maybe Josh Brolin would have made a good Ghost Rider. Who can say? Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. No. It's a no for me, dog. All right. All right, Randy. Well, this is a pretty short episode. It's uh, a short movie. Not a, lot, not a lot to talk about with this one. But, uh, you know, if you've uh, somehow seen Jonah Hex, let us know your thoughts. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Are you one of the people on Letterboxd that rated it half a star? Because I don't rate movies on Letterboxd because I can't make the decision but I don't know what I would give it. I'd give it two stars. Yeah, that seems fair. 
That's if fair. we're talking about out of five. That's probably what I would do too. Yeah. Maybe two and a half. Yeah. But see, I can't get into it. Then I start to rethink all of my other ratings. Theoretical ratings. Well, this is in a vacuum for me. Well, speaking of ratings, make sure you uh, drop us a five star review. <laughs> How about that? Hey. That's a five star transition. Oh, thanks, babe. <laughs> uh, yeah, wherever you get your podcasts, if you're enjoying what you've been hearing and you have some ideas for us, you know, drop a review. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Until next time, we are out, out of, of the, the superverse. superverse.